Is it like how long is the movie? Seventy-eight minutes. No, that's it, like a Lilo and Stitch straight to DVD length. I'm, I'm <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, it's in real time. The moment that the moment they say seventy-seven minutes, the whole movie is seventy-seven minutes. It's off camera, so they were able to like, oh, let's find out what it is, and then they they threw it in there. It's ninety-one minutes, maybe the perfect runtime for a movie. Yeah, like uh, just what you need for a comedy in and out, not like Anchorman being two and a half hours long. Well, and well, that's we'll get. To, I mean, that's sort of when you have a, a comedy director being given serious, like, oh, you're a, like that's a comedy director being told they're a genius. Yeah, that, well, that's also like it was far enough along that everyone knows they're a genius. At least these people stayed humble. Sure, because I want to talk about. This guy whose name I don't know how to pronounce, but the director of this movie is Dean Parasot, or I that's yeah, the least Yeah, whose whose filmography is Buckwild. Yo, but, yo, guys. So I looked up the writers, Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson. Their filmographies are wild. I was writing a timeline of everything they did between each Bill and Ted movie and Insane. Okay, oh, okay. Yeah. let's 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 talk about this. First of all, guys, welcome to the inaugural episode of Development Hell. I'm Kyle Anderson. Welcome to hell. Uh, welcome to hell. <laughs> <laughs> There's a, oh, dude, we can call our fans demons. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm joined uh, by uh, Richard Humphrey and Spike Kittrell. So, so basically, in this podcast, we want to talk about movies that uh, were stuck in development hell for a long time. Movies that. Um, took forever to get made in movies that that faced a lot of hurdles in their production uh, leading up to them getting made now this this director peridot uh is i've been up to say pariso yeah that's very so his his filmography feels like he took like a like scripts and like threw darts at them or something well (laughs) but the thing is that like they're all movies that i would say the two are, are galaxy quest and and I would go to bat for fun with Dick and Jane as like these perfectly fine to great movies. Yet he has rena- remained completely anonymous. Yeah. Well, when I saw when it was the same dude as made Galaxy Quest, I was like, oh, that I right. like feel Galaxy Quest vibes from this movie for sure. Yo, then why does that robot suck so hard? <laughs> yeah. Okay. We can talk about how the <laughs> oh, robot. Oh, okay. Is, is such a should have been cut. <laughs> so like no. That, that robot <laughs> is the worst joke in the in the script. That robot is keeping me in the seat sometimes. <laughs> that, that robot is a Tim and Eric character that's in the wrong movie. I will, no. I will say I will say this right is like I, I was watching uh, the first one with Gina and uh, her friend was in town. We were watching it. Um, her friend was also a big Bill and Ted. Uh, specifically Bill and Ted 1 fan. She did not like Bill and Ted 2. Which hey, means I'm a Bill, Bill and Ted I, fan. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm right. specifically a Bill and Ted 2 fan and not a Bill yeah. and Ted 1 fan. I only like Fast and Furious 4. <laughs> Bruh, it's 5 and up. We all know that. <laughs> well, so, so, I mean, when you watch when you watch the first one, you really realize, like, this is such an earnest, loving piece of of media that that's so campy like because you want to signify it as like oh this is like a bad movie that's good 
but it's not like a so bad it's good kind of movie. It's one. just like the yeah, the genre is like Richard and I were talking about this. Like the genre is bad movie kind of, and it's not bad movie. It's campy movie. Yeah, and I feel like so, they, the, the 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 robot is like prime campiness. Like a robot bounty hunter is a very eighties campy trope to like insert. Sure. Well, well but it's, it's like, also, and I could you could say to the to if I have to like find something to pick on the robot with, it is that thing of like the movie is embarrassed to have something so arch that they have to instill it with like play it really weird and like insecure and have it going through like a serious crisis, which is interesting. But you wonder if like the motivation is we're embarrassed to have to have like this kind of character in a movie in 2020. Well, I think uh, to make that character worth it, you needed 10 more minutes and that would have made the movie bad. Sure. Well, and yeah, he, he would have to sort of take on the robot, death you know? part. Yeah. If death weren't so integral to everything, he obviously fills that. I remember when when this guy was cast. I guess he's in stuff. He's in Anthony the, he's the president. He's in Barry. He's, he's the president in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Death. Not oh, not uh, not no, the robot. Oh no, not that guy. Yeah, the <laughs> robot though is like in Barry. Yeah, he's Who's the bald here? guy, right? He plays NoHo Hank. Oh, really? And he's Damn. like, it, it seems like, I remember when he was cast, I thought, oh, he'll play some version of death because he's got that weird sh- mm-hmm. bald yeah. shape. And yeah. so it's like, like the realist <laughs> is being shared between him and death at the end. And you're like not getting what you need out of the robot at that point. But again, I think at, at a certain point, they're perfectly fine just going, the joke is that he is falling apart emotionally. Well, and also that they made him like uh, Christian Shaw's ex-boyfriend. That I didn't need. Yeah, that, that yeah, was the that, part that, that, like, that kind of ruined the characterization. Now, I did like, I did like how they handled... Robot. I did like how they handled Rufus. So that that was one of the questions going into the movie of like, what you gonna do? That, and there was something. Go ahead. That, yeah, that was like big. Whenever, like every three to four years, news about this movie would pop up, and the first comment is, "How are they gonna do this without Rufus? They better Which respect is, I think, Rufus." A, a common thread through a lot of these things that we're probably gonna cover, which is the. We were going to make it, but then extra Alan Rickman died or Bernie Mac died and we can't make part four or two or whatever it is. We part can't make Fast and Furious 5 without Bernie Mac. We, we can't make Charlie's that. Angels 3 without Bernie Mac. <laughs> but, that's been, no, but that was specifically taught. I mean, that to making yeah. there was tons of money yeah. going into the Oceans movies and they didn't have. Yeah, like Bernie Mac was going to be Drax. Yeah. <laughs> No, but, and that I'm sure true. we'll discuss. Yeah, Bernie tracks. <laughs> but that that comes up, and I think this was one of the better My nipples hurt handlings. <laughs> that was the better handlings of we have to address a dead character who's also like a dead legend. Yeah, I agree, and and it is like you have to like him being in the original movies was like oh the star power of it. Um, and it's funny how Morbius he is at the beginning. Too. Yeah. He's like time traveling. He wears these sunglasses. Oh, sure. He has this like look. You know what I mean? Well, like there is that's this like, iconography he's, that he's, he's created. He's like the stoner dude like Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the other yeah, yeah, like, yeah. like he has a phone booth. He's like a homeless Doctor Who. Well, that's what the series. <laughs> like, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's basically, yeah. It's well, um, and it's also, also a like, series that kickstarted the stoner guy like genre itself, and is the only good yeah. movie out of that whole genre. Like Encino Man <laughs> and all of those can go fuck itself. <laughs> yeah, all of the attempts to make a white Cheech and Chong didn't work, except for yeah. this. Like, <laughs> Which the... is funny because they don't really touch marijuana in these movies. They're just like dudes. No. Yeah, yeah, they're actually they're so wholesome. Like they don't like in this one he gets drunk, but like they don't drink, they don't smoke. They're just oh, good vibes and, and music, baby. drunk in the movie. Like it is the death of his soul. <laughs> Like, yeah, yeah. It's, like it is. Br- sh- he is shattered to find himself drinking a small flask. Can I, can I say bar. that? That was maybe one of my favorite scenes. Was douchebag fifty year old Ted and like our timeline Ted like getting into a fight? That was such a great. What a what a what a great written scene. Well, this and, like, is just the first time they go into the future when they see like themselves at the open mic when they're like yes. fighting with themselves. That was, yeah. rough. That was so fucking great. Keanu because Reeves. there is a level, there is a level of like in this movie, I feel like Keanu Reeves is getting back there, but there's something about his body that is like permanently stiffened now. Well, <laughs> it's like John Wicks or something. Well, we have forgotten what he hits, looks bro. like without the beard. Mm-hmm. And so there's, you notice what's been happening. Whereas well, Alex the- Winter from physicality to performance looks like he's been waiting to do this his whole fucking life. Like dude, I've never seen a guy dude, more excited to be at work than dude, Alex I know, Winter. <laughs> I, 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 he's I was, so deep in the pocket. He oh, gets man. so fucking deep back in the pocket immediately. If you read the interviews, like I was reading a couple of them before this, where it's just him just unloading information about how long he's been waiting. Cause like yeah. they wrote this script in 2008. Yeah, and so like, we should we should talk to that production because we shouldn't we can't just talk to the movies themselves. We'll get to that, yeah. but we should talk to the development hell that right, Bill so and Ted Face the Music went through. Which, let's, according to you and me, I think yeah, um, was like two thousand five, two thousand eight, around when they were talking about it. So well, uh, it, it was it was that interview that that. That he, where basically Keanu is like, yeah, I would do it again. But that is the most <laughs> uninteresting well, no, that's not um, that you see come out every day, which is, oh yeah. yeah, Josh Brolin's willing to be in an X Men movie. Yeah, he wants to go to work and and go to work. <laughs> well, actually, the real story I found out is it comes down to four people, which is Ed Solomon, Chris Matheson, Alex Winter, and Keanu Reeves. Like, obviously, we know who Alex Winter, Keanu Reeves are, but Ed Solomon and Chris Matheson wrote every single Bill and Ted movie. Right, and they uh, they all had dinner at Alex Winter's house, and like it was basically Alex Winter being like, like trying to parent trap everyone together. God, what a chill <laughs> dinner! Can you yeah. imagine a better yeah. vibes dinner than the writers of Bill and Ted and Keanu and Alex? Like, and and just that, vibing uh, over barbecue. And that's Even when Chris is still Winter is probably like, no, I can do it. Like, watch, watch. Whoa! See, I can still do it. I I, I feel like whoa. See, like this corn is delectable, dude. Guys, like <laughs> this steak I've is totally non non heinous. <laughs> oh, and then I love the that they preserved the thesaurus nature of of it, and yeah, that the kids or, spoke that way too. And I love the that their kids, the yeah, their daughters are named opposite. Like Billy and Teddy belong to the different parents, and it just speaks to how much they love each other. Yes. Oh, it's great. It, it, this is my favorite, like, kind of movie, which is 
movies about friends that you are never worried they will fight. Yeah. Like you're you know going into Bill and Ted or or you know Cheech and Chong or any of these movies that like uh or like a Jay and Silent Bob thing even where I know that the the conflict of this will never be internal between these two. Oh true. Yeah. Well that's what was so great about Ted getting mad at ted was ted could be yes. mad at himself but bill fight. and ted have to be on the same page at all times well i, I love, I love that yeah. like, I love even ted evil like, they're on the same page <laughs> i love ted being like all right so listen future years are gonna come back and they're gonna say go through time and look for a place where you've been happier but don't do it but actually do it but don't do it because you're supposed to do it yes but you know what maybe you should do it and that just explains the plot to every single one of those movies <laughs> No, it's similar to Looper with the straws thing where there's just that line with Bruce Willis of like, this movie makes sense, but we're not going to sit down and talk to you about it. Like, we just. <laughs> unless it's, to do unless the movie. it's Kid Cuddy. <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah, is a great... have Kid Cuddy. Yeah. <laughs> now, my, my, my only tweak would be I love that it's Kid Cuddy just because of like the randomness of it being Kid Cuddy is, is very funny. But if it was Eddie Van Halen. They could have actually had that tie-in from the first movie of having right. Van Halen join Wild Stallions. Yeah. I, I think Eddie Van Halen was originally supposed to play Rufus. Really? I think George Carlin was a last-minute thing for Rufus. Eddie Van Halen sounds like a dude that's like, give me a lot of money. <laughs> and George no, Carlin's like, I'll do Eddie your Van money. Halen is still movie. alive, so he would be in this movie. Yeah. yeah. But obviously, <laughs> but they... um. Uh, so what I was reading was uh, from the time they were pit that uh, actually Ed and Chris pitched them the script at the dinner and Keanu and uh, Alex liked it. And then they were like, all right, it's going to take a while to get financing. So we're going to do movies in the meantime. And that's when the John Wick franchise happened. And then they felt sure. like they were getting further from the finish line of Bill and Ted's. At least Alex Winter was like scratching his neck and wondering what he's going to do. <laughs> and well, because you also you have to wonder like like this guy just revitalized like original IP action movies with John Wick, right? Like he like he made those viable again because it was such a fucking smash hit. And you have like the 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 machine behind him has to be like ready to push him as an action star you know what i mean like they can't be he, wanting to but he hasn't revitalized that like what non-john wick movie has sure, come out of sure, john wick sure. but i'm but i'm saying at the time you probably yeah. think like oh well, this is so good they're developing other movies that maybe didn't sure you well, know maybe the courier wasn't the, the you know well, he almost right. wasn't john wick though because like john wick was made because those dudes were the uh, choreographers from the matrix and he said he would do it and uh, oh sure because he's yeah. a real like my friends need me so i'm going yeah. to go shoot this movie yeah he's guy. like Whatever. which i think is what made i texted you guys a very confusing text about my theory on what pushed this movie across and i don't think it's that because it's technically a sequel to a movie that bombed that no one liked no one was really clamoring for this and nobody of those four people you named were anything until maybe John Wick reminded us of Keanu Reeves. But Keanu Reeves is not, it's generally accepted at this point that he is not a fantastic actor. He's got an impenetrable brand though. That's what it is. No, and what it, what the brand is, is not understanding what's going on. (laughs) And it always has. He can play a fucking idiot 
who is trying to find out what's going on or a guy who knows so much about what's going on, he doesn't have to talk about it. Whereas John Wick, <laughs> he's like, <laughs> just play it like you know everything. And he's like, I don't have to say anything or do a face. And they're like, no. And he's like, oh, great. <laughs> and that's Neo I, I, and that's speed. They're yeah. like, you're on a bus. You don't have time to have thoughts. Just and And that's John Wick, where he's like, the whole joke of John Wick is that nothing has to get said because it's all prose. Everyone gets it. Right, right. But that just comes from Keanu's silence. (laughs) If he spoke up about the coins, we'd be like, this guy does not (laughs) understand the coins. (laughs) Yeah, like if the if John Wick was Spend the coins was like a, it started with like and so you wonder how I got here. Let's start from the beginning. No, yeah, he's just like a fragile, simple guy that you buy that he would lose his fucking mind if his dog died. Yeah, um, John Wick, like watching him do action is like watching a master at work where he doesn't want to talk. It's like watching my grandpa build a cabinet. <laughs> where it's like yeah. he doesn't want to talk. He's just gonna fucking build it, and it's gonna be good. There's so much power in the silence of the craftsmanship. <laughs> yeah. Grandpa never stops and goes, "Look how cool what I'm doing is." It has to. He has to move on to the next thing. Yeah, he's like, "I'm gonna Whereas die." Keanu tomorrow, again. Gonna... The second you stop, like Keanu Reeves, we talked about this, and I need answers, Richard, about something. But Keanu Reeves will make a movie every nine or ten years that's like groundbreaking and then we will forget he's a bad actor and ask him to play some guy coaching a little league team hardball is the ghetto masterpiece now you mean the world to me children it's fantastic (laughs) and that he sings i love it when you call me big papa because they took the boys headphones (laughs) um uh but i think that the movies that that and we're getting to i think John Wick, which is the big thing that pushed this movie across. But his big monumental action movies were Point Break, and then Speed, and then The Matrix, and then John Wick. But Richard has posited that between those last two was the (laughs) man from Tai Chi, which... (laughs) The man of Tai Chi is a movie he directed, yo. (laughs) I think most copies of the man from Tai Chi have melted into red boxes across the nation because (laughs) nobody pulled them out. Permanently melted to the bottom. All right. If you got Man from Tai Chi, it would catch on fire and then just spit out Saint Vincent or something. It would be like you didn't mean this. I had a I had a pitch for something in development hell the podcast canon where it's like movies either ascend out or they get banished to the shadow realm, and that's definitely a shadow realm movie. (laughs) Something that could have been a big deal had it been handled right. Yeah, but exactly. you claimed this. This is this was a game it, changer. It did change like production wise. I was telling Kyle about it. Uh, so it was the first like movie, and Keanu was trying to push the technology of uh, what's called like an iris, where the camera is put on a like a bot and dolly and can move through the fight scene while the actors are like punching. And it's actually the standard for action scenes now. Oh, I see. The sort of like um, upgrade like Kingsman look. Yes, yeah, the, yes. yeah, the, the, the like DSLR on a crane thing that you see in all like fighting scenes now and behind the scenes stuff that started okay. with Man of Tai Chi. But did that's so? Is so I mean, Man of Tai Chi is not good, but <laughs> that it's not good. But yeah, it was sick. like 
It was sort of like how uh, how Avatar was made to push that 3D camera that he invented. No, yeah, Avatar yeah. is like the yeah. world's greatest test film. Yeah, yeah it, it's a really good yeah. Vimeo. Snap Where at pick. the end of it, he was like, "I know how to make Avatar," and they're like, "Great," and he's like. I got to make the other four now. So yeah, see, like, um, Avatar is like rolling a natural twenty, and Man of Tai Chi is rolling a natural one, trying to do the same type of action. You know, <laughs> I, I love that. <laughs> Where you're going to need a lot of like leniency from a dungeon master just to like. <laughs> Just to make anything happen with this thing. Well, he also made like a direct sequel that's completely in Chinese because that movie was not funded by any American except for Keanu Reeves. And this is the Keanu Reeves thing of like John Wick. It's not like he got any post John Wick acting roles that are interesting. He was in Knock Knock. He well, was he, in um, Forty Seven. Uh, he was in and that's why he I'm made talking about though. But twenty. What is it? Forty Seven Ronan. How many Ronan were there? 47 Ronin, which is a movie. 49,000 Ronin. 47 Ronin. But But 47 Ronin felt like another bomb, right? Like that was another movie. 47 Ronin. thing he makes in between these major movies. Yeah, that's his his valley, not his hill, you know? But the thing is that John Wick became a franchise, so he was able to... I mean, he still makes... Between John Wick and John Wick 2, he makes Knock Knock... uh, He's a cameo in Keanu, the cat movie, the Neon Demon, the Bad Batch, a ton of Redbox movies, and then John Wick 2, and then he makes five more Redbox movies, John Wick 3. He, we didn't accidentally cast him in other movies this time. No, he's just we been working. We accepted. <laughs> yes, but he's also, like I think, become more, more famous through like memes and talk shows. Well, yeah, I mean, Cyberpunk 20. 20- 77 well, is like well, sure. that that's what i wanted to point out was uh the moment we started memeing keanu was when he was sad eating a sandwich on the subway and sure. that was that was sad keanu memes was like that's like in the tome of early memes of like the internet was just yeah that that was pre that was pre uh and uh, like pre john wick and it was just sort of this thing where he had right. like a one bedroom apartment in New York and would like ride the subway. And then someone posted about like his dead mother and sister when really that's not why he was sad. He was just eating a sandwich. And so he was right. like, I guess I got to make some fun shit. Yeah, again. but it's tough to eat a sandwich on a park bench psyched and not look sad, you know? Yeah, it's, especially you when know you I mean? have the emotional range of Keanu Reeves. Right. Well, this is the thing where he plays like idiots and robots and computer programs really well. Well, here's my thing. You have um, you have Humphrey Bogart with like like frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. And then you have like whoa, <laughs> As, right? Like, when they die. That's what you, yeah, yeah. That's what you can put on their graves. <laughs> right. Well, and he has famously said, uh, I think this was like between the first two movies. He said, "When I die, my my tombstone will say, here lies Keanu Reeves. He played Ted.'" So, yeah, like, this looked- was his problem before the matrix or before speed ted is the closest character to who he actually is as a person in my opinion and that's That's why he loves it so much you know and it's like it's that's why it's so different from every from the simplicity of life not the idiocy yeah he heightens it obviously because he thinks that's himself being funny and that's probably who he is at dinner parties sure well and that i think is what pushed this movie across is that the first two movies were not released internationally. 
no. uh, which was another yeah, that was reason so interesting to me that these because they're so American. Well, they're also it was released in '93, and it was like you weren't really releasing comedies internationally until about like '96. Like after right, Waterworld, still they don't they make figured it out. Yeah, they still don't really make that much money. They just like if a comedy does well here, they remake it overseas, yeah. like a rom com or something. Do you guys want to know how I watched the second Bill and Ted's? Was it was a uh, it was a it was a dinner and a movie like Domino's package, and they had a mm-hmm. three movie selection of Mr. Mom, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, or All Dogs Go to Heaven too. Uh-huh. <laughs> really, some of the finest cinema that uh-huh. any pizza restaurant has ever uh, like procured. And so I chose Bill and Ted's Bogus Domino's. Journey. And like that's how I, I fell in love with that movie first, and then watched the first one. If our <laughs> if our movie selection is any indication of our pizza quality, <laughs> you are right. in for. All dogs I liked too, man. <laughs> I liked when the the fast food places would have would try to get in like on the media game. Do you remember the like, remember the Burger King? Do you remember the Burger King video games? Yeah, yeah, Sneak King. <laughs> Sneaking, yeah. baby. I was globally ranked. In <laughs> That's because there were four of you. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys remember when McDonald's sold straight up VHSs of Dude, cartoons? No. And they were okay. So those are fucking amazing. <laughs> They're so bad. But my little brother was obsessed with them. So I used to watch them all the time when I was a kid. It was the creative team behind Rugrats. Classic like Classic yeah. The, it was all of those that whole crew uh and they basically had like issues i guess like some kind of like contract dispute with nickelodeon at the time and so they were like looking for something else to do and basically that's why like the entire team was available and they made these five episodes and they were supposed to make five more but then their shit with nickelodeon got settled they were like yeah no we're going to go make like more rugrats <laughs> we're going to make a rugrats movie I think was the deal. But they made so much fucking money off of that uh, McDonald's deal. I have all that, of that's th- That's like we need to look into, but uh, very, very fun. Yeah, it was some real sweaty uh, uh, Grimace cultural yeah. appropriation where they go to Grimace sure. Island and they're all like tribal Africans. Yeah, dude, it, <laughs> it, it looks like a very racist cartoon that wouldn't be on HBO Max. <laughs> like they, like, I think they have like bones going through the noses of the grimaces and stuff, and they don't even have like it noses is like, and, like they, it's bad. They get on a boat and they land on the island, and you just see a tribe of grimaces come out. Ronald McDonald like colonizes them, like teaches them like to not be savages. It's a great. Ted. <laughs> so Chris Matheson and Ed Solomon, um, guys, the writers of Bill and Ted. Let yes, me... and now, and and Ed Solomon to get to the final point of what that this movie across the finish line. Do you know who helped out Ed Solomon? And Kyle is going to get mad. Oh, is it the fact that he wrote both Now You See Me movies? No, but <laughs> God damn, it! God damn it! No, not that. I didn't Fuck know. Fuck Now You See Me too, bitch. <laughs> 
<laughs> Written same writers, baby. Same writers. I remember I can't believe that movie got a second movie. Now you see me as such a steaming pile of I remember of, being of in hot cum left in a you know box no, on I, the road. Kyle, I remember you <laughs> I was like riding with, with a lot of our friends and you were late because you got out of Now You See Me and you showed up and you were very upset. And it only made me. This should be a good preface for the for us starting the show. I have a problem hating any movie. Um, I like so. I was like, well, these complaints sound interesting. I got to see this, and I saw it, and I was like, I kind of like. Thank you. The first one is charming. The second one is weird. It is not charming when they reveal the magic is real. Uh, by that account there is nothing charming about the wizarding world of harry potter because they quickly reveal that magic is real in that one he got a little pigtail because that's that's a show that's a movie about wizards this is about magicians 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 do magic if you reveal that magic is real in a script with magicians, I will be out to hurt you. Any person who does this. script to reveal that magic is real. If you reveal that magic is real about, like, in the tax collector, then that is when you need to draw the line. Or in no, training day. If halfway not. through training day, they reveal that magic is real, that's a problem. If halfway no, through the movie. magic movie... It, that's bright. That's bright. Yeah, yeah. That's... <laughs> okay, but that is crazy. That you're like, wait, in this magic movie, they talk about magic? No, the fuck you when the, when they hold up a playing card and it like comes together with five others and starts to glow. Yeah, like, I have the DVD that sucks. teaches you how to do that. Yeah, this the, movie sucks. the problem is like uh, there was so many magic movies before that that were like, look at magic and how we can do practical effects on screen and make it look good. And this one's like all of them are CGI. Fuck it. And we were yeah, like. No, I- I, I think I think what my issue was, and this this I think people not liking movies is always a them problem, not a the movie problem. So it's very much a me problem. I really right. was into and digging for the first like twenty minutes of that movie the idea of like oh it's magicians doing heists. It's Fast and Furious with magicians, which and, is how yeah, that movie Fast got and there. Furious with magicians, and that's how they marketed it to me. And I was so fucking into that. It just felt like such a cop out to be like, oh, how would they, they do a, the Ocean's Eleven heist? Oh, well, turns out this, magic is real. Well, I, <laughs> which this, it, what a great segue to what pushed this movie across the finish line <laughs> was that Ed Solomon, his most recent credit before Bill and Ted face the music is Mosaic, which is the app that steven soderbergh directed mosaic was this soderbergh basically once every five to ten years is like what else have i not made and he realized he hadn't made an app yet and he made a, a, a movie that you can watch interactively through an app that was written by ed solomon and eventually ed solomon they were talking about like where is bill and ted Ed Solomon said, we have this script that we actually finally love. And Soderbergh, I think, is just such a respected, like, efficient guy. Like, he's apparently in charge of 
the DGA getting everything back on track during coronavirus. Like he cool. he's written all the new rules of directing. So like he's the guy. He's the reason trust. we have Endgame. He's never come, you know, over but like he's that guy. So I think he went to these people and said like, find a good director, and he hooked them up with Dean Perisol, whatever his name is, and and they he was just like, no, seriously, make this movie, and I think that aligned with the public internationally enjoying Keanu Reeves as a person more than an actor. And then the studio realizing this is IP. So everything worked out where like the creators, the audience and the producers had one thing to get out of this. And I think that's what gets a lot of things that we're going to talk about on this show uh, to, to get greenlit, which is like, well, how can we prove there's an audience for this? Because that's the only reason you'd ever make or not make a movie. hundred percent. Also, back to the Soderbergh thing. Did you know that that's how the um, uh, the Russo brothers got to direct Captain America? I didn't, but I need that story. Is um, uh, so Marvel is always trying to get Soderbergh to direct one of their movies, which is and, crazy. That's like when you hear like yeah. Star Wars keeps wanting Fincher to make movies. Yeah, I, I would love. I love that. I would love to hear which ones they've offered him. Like they keep being like, "Yo, yeah. Ant Man and the Wasp." How do how about it? <laughs> I can't think of one interesting thing like. What the hell are you thinking? Yeah, it's a, there's nothing he would want to do. So uh, eventually, he calls him up after he like uh, he works with the Russos on a couple of TV shows or something, and okay. he goes, "Hey, he's like, hey, I'm not your guy for these fucking movies, but I have these two nerds who they're they're your guys. Just trust them." Sure. And because they like, weren't just like content creators before, yeah. they just well, they, directed everything. They yeah, they directed the what, the pilot to Arrested Development. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, they, a lot of it, and they're in Arrested yeah. Development a lot. They like cameo is a lot of different. Like, we don't have an actor today. Let's just throw yeah. Anthony in there. Yeah, and they did a lot of uh, like a lot of community, and then they did the Gaslight season. Yeah, uh, which everyone and they did Yumi and Dupree, which I think mm-hmm. really got him the gig. Yeah, that's true. That's probably the one. When yeah. I see Yumi yeah. and Dupree, I'm like, they can do cap. They when he falls, when he falls through the ceiling onto the boardroom table, they're like, well, they can do stunts too. That was basically previs for the for they're, for gap yeah. crash. Yeah, they're like, whoa, he can do this all day. Yeah, no, totally. So so Owen Wilson wrote you, me, and Dupree. So Bill and Ted faced the. <laughs> no, no, you guys got me on this. I got to tell a story about how. No, I'm I'm kidding. Um, but the band Steely they, Dan, Wilson uh, secret wrote you, me, and Dupree. No, he did, and then um, Sin doesn't and, even want that story told. No, how, much, how much wine did he did he drink to write you and Dupree? Just he, with a box of wine and a matchbox. So he stole the line "You, Me, and Dupree" from a Steely Dan song, and they wrote him a letter saying "Fuck you for doing that." And then he tried to. Well, they're both wrong in that situation. And then he tried to kill himself, and they wrote another la- uh, letter hey, saying he couldn't hey. even do that right. Now I don't want to. Whoa! Yeah, dude. Yeah, Steely Dan tried to rub Owen Wilson's attempted suicide in his face. Yeah, dog. Over you, me and Steely Dan. Yeah, fuck Steely Dan. (laughs) Fuck Steely Dan. So Keanu Reeves. Let's run through the cast. This podcast development hell for sure. A lot of the cast 
comes in pairs, kind of. So you have Keanu Reeves yeah. and Alex Winter. They come in pairs. Who are, like, both yeah. pretty still dialed right in. There's Alex two- Winter, especially. Alex Winter is is crushing this to the to the degree where you're like, man, if this is how every actor returned to their role, all these movie totally. remakes would be like at least good. Well, you, know you see I mean? that in like, a lot of these movies where you can tell that the an out of work actor is desperate to have their '80s thing come back, and then sometimes you get Harrison Ford, who's like, well, that's just where the money is, so I guess I'll do my thing for a couple months. Right. Right. No, but but I, I do think there's something. Well, yeah, so Alex weird. Winter is Johnny Drama from Entourage at this point. Just I agree, living that whole victory. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> there's, so, there's something so uh, so like like light and smiley and like 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 he's just more flexible when when Keanu was younger, and there's just something yeah. about his facial expressions that he's not able he's got this like permanent stoicism now it's that his spine doesn't move you know it's that it's that spine yeah there's a stiffness to it where they were so defined by this thing like the kind of bent back like whoa which alex winter can still do and like he doesn't like when keanu when when bill says something keanu's like in in this one he's like yeah Whereas, like in the yeah. other ones, he was like, "Oh yeah!" Like it's more of like a it's more of a lighthearted, and maybe he's playing like a more tortured Ted. In this yeah, one. he could like, be just more conscious of like a full movie's performance. Now, now, also, this is a really small thing, and I, I wonder if they did this intentionally. It feels like it, but when he's in the uh, towards the beginning of the movie, when Ted is like about to quit, and he's in his garage, Love and it. he's like, "I'm gonna sell my guitar for sixty four hundred," and he's like. So you're you're done? He's like, I th- I think I am. Is that a fucking John like a subtle John? Really hit me hard. <laughs> I really like loved that. I think that that's a necessary thing for this movie because you can't do complete nonsense three movies in a row, especially with how old these guys are. Mm-hmm, that like yeah. you need before the adventure starts for their to be like a sudden piece of emotion for these two. Well, they yeah, got to like, the music in every sense of the word, you know? <laughs> right. Sure. It no, makes you no. want the band to stay together. It makes you care, like want the, it makes it recontextualizes the band as something that's like in question, which it never was in the first two, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Well, I mean the first, the first one, like he has, it is such a great plot device of like, Oh, he's going to get sent to military school and then Bill and Ted won't right. get to be friends. Right. You know what I mean? Which is such a great thing that I feel like in the second movie, there's nothing that's like, oh, it might that. rip Bill and Ted apart. You know what I mean? Like yep. the only thing in this movie, Bill and Ted, you know, in this movie, you see like, oh, Bill and Ted can stay together, but they still won't be happy. But it's they still other people in their lives. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, that's which is kind of the like. It's almost weird because it's it's showing up like 12 years late to the thing that Superbad does so well. Which is the like, as cool as movie friends are, the movie has to stop eventually and you have to become an actual person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is like what's so disarming about Superbad's last like 30 minutes where they like are like, no, I'm in a lot of pain because my friend won't be my friend next summer. And like this movie has that scene, but then once they go on the mission, they never recall that like 
I feel like it never comes up again that Ted almost left the band. They like are presented with this wall of CGI guitars and they're like, I guess we're, I guess it's the band. Let's just, let's, I guess it's like a third movie. So let's just do it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it kind of has to just. He said, they said 77 minutes. It's just going to be a tight 90. Let's just hustle out. Well, I think it just um, became that like the wives left him and they realized that if they care about something more than themselves, like their kids or their yeah. wife, that Who, they maybe it's. Maybe even I have to be in the band still. Oh, like arm twisted, leg pulled, I'll still be in the band. Sure. Who are two actresses who are doing a lot with a little. Like they're doing very good stuff with very little. And for yeah. a series that has never prioritized yeah. also, non-Bill uh, and Ted characters. Yeah. Also, not the original actresses, and they've been given more to do than they ever have been in the whole series. And well, it's not even sure. a lot. Which is to run into a phone booth a couple times. Yeah. Uh, I mean... Um, in the second, were they the same actresses? I believe so. I don't think so. Aaron Hayes definitely like just no, showed up. Uh, didn't yeah, she? yeah. Jama Mays and uh, Aaron Hayes are both different people entirely. Yeah, than the original ones because Jama Mays isn't even British. The original, the original, Lies. Uh, the original brunette actress is one of the most gorgeous '80s actresses I've ever seen. She's enchanting on screen, which typically means perfect. they now look like an I Am Legend. Like zombie, yeah. <laughs> or Edna like, Mode. Yeah, Spike the coming so What? Like what man or woman who was hot in the eighties is hot now? Nobody. Just Keanu. It's Just Keanu, Keanu, and like yeah, yeah. Heather 100%. Locklear. Yeah. Oh. Heather Locklear is just sitting on a mountain of like ugly women, just like with a, a bloodied sword. Like I no, did it. That's, that, I don't mean to be me. I'm sure this this woman is. She looks fantastic. Let's move on to Kristen Shaw <laughs> playing the daughter of Rufus and the great leader, who is just kind of doing her Kristen Shaw thing. I think if you pulled her out of the movie, um, yeah, she could have been nothing. played. She could have been played by Flo. I kept thinking that the whole time. I'm like, yeah, she she's playing it really with the charisma. Yeah, she could have been played by the AT and T girl, you know, like any yes. of them. Yeah, yeah, it, it does feel like a spokesperson doing like an ad for this movie. Yeah, what if it was yeah. like a Sham Wow guy, and he was like, "Hey, you take your fucking like time continuum and you just slap it in there." <laughs> no, you can't with that guy because of the stuff he did. Oh yeah, because 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 what was it like a prostitute? He like bit someone's or lip or something. He didn't yeah. have a good time. He punched her in the face because she was biting his tongue. I was something- hey, now I don't want to. I don't want to defame the man. <laughs> hey, but I mean the slap Vince shop. Offer. Do you no, did no, you purchase? Have is. you purchased or used anything that guy sold? Anything that's I ever actually, been sold on television? Yeah, movie forty three. <laughs> no, he didn't make movie forty three. He made inappropriate comedy movie that's or the one like inappropriate that. comedy and it's no, like about an app yeah no no, <laughs> no, no. okay so, Vince Offer. so so i know for a fact that that guy we were trying to cast him in something in a project that we were working on like a comedy project but he's too he's an island odd to himself um <laughs> he's a crazy he wants to be like in full control of any script he's a part of all the stuff but he's made he was telling us he's like yeah i've made six feature log films uh Four of them have only ever been uh, debuted in European film festivals because they're wow. just they're too risque. The comedy's too risque for America. He's like, I have, I have like a whole scene on a cotton farm where I'm like whipping people. <laughs> he was done. I'm like, so, okay. It would not <laughs> like, have been like, you know. 
it would not have been super startling if this character was played by a, that kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, Kristen Schaal does not do a whole lot of Kristen Schaaling. No, no, she's just sort she of only on really her does, phone the whole time. Like, yeah, she's texting and, and the whole movie. Is sort of, like, stapled into this robot plot, which is, like, the one thing of the robot that I I really I really dug and we'll get, we'll get more into it but I really dug the robot and like but Kristen Shaw's like the ex-boyfriend thing is super weird. Yeah. Um I, Samara uh, Weaving, I, go ahead. Oh no no go 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 ahead. We got the two daughters who Oh yeah. Good old Samara uh, Weaving the um uh, the Margot the Margot Robbie clone. 100%. But like is doing interesting non-Margot Robbie stuff. Oh, she yes. fucking killed it in uh, Ready or Not as well. She's like a they. Yeah. She's like a low key like hitter. Why, why is Margot Robbie every every Margot Robbie movie she's in? She does voiceover in the like I I don't oh, know why, but like every movie she's in has fucking voiceover. It's true. It's a it's just a weird thing I keep noticing. Oh, like how Emma Watson has only been in movies that are based off books. I see you two both in the theaters just fucking furious. <laughs> just no, like, what, the circle was a book? God damn it. It was, though. Dave yeah, Eggers, no. baby. Um, someone say his finest book called The Circle ever written. Of all the books he's written called The Circle, I think that one sold the most. <laughs> that is <laughs> Um I think that the other Bridget Lundy Payne is so she's fucking dialed in. Dialed in. She she's is so playing it like she watched the movies every night, like before the next day of shooting. They uh, it could have gone uh, one of two ways, and it went the other way. But it could have been dumb and dumber in their performance, but it wasn't, you know. Right, and I think that some is it Samara or what is it? It's Samara Weaving, I believe she's Australian, so it could be anything. So she, it could be tarantula for all I know. She seemed afraid to to go like to be as dumb as she needs to be. And it was just like she. I think in her mind, she was like, "So dumb people just talk out of the side of their mouth, right?" Yeah, and don't move their face. Like I, I see. She's, like she's doing an impression of Britta from Community being a no, dumb person. No, hundred percent. Whereas <laughs> she needs to have that like bouncy. Like there should be like a musicality between the two, and it's working so well at like at the the wedding at the beginning, where they're sort of dancing with the kids in the back, and they're loving the terrible music. And, and you like, just want that to be the whole movie. But then once like the, you see the two of them talk to each other, it seems like they both did completely different homework. Yeah, for real. And like and like uh Weaving is like a little less interested in s- looking silly. Yeah. I can see that. Uh I feel like the other one just felt like putting in actual work, uh like to like make a Br- character, Bridget? you know. Yeah. Bridget was so it was funny because it's like they're switched you know what I mean like Alex is so in the pocket and then the girl playing his daughter is not as in the pocket and then Keanu is like weirdly like just can't hit the same physicality but Bridget is crushing it yeah so fucking hard she is doing the physicality that I want him to do and there's something too about like the hairstyle 
Right. Even like the haircut she has is like throwing back to it, but it doesn't feel like, oh, I got my haircut like my dad. It's just like, that's how this character's hair would be. And they, they're just everything down to like their, their new, uh, like, um, wardrobe feels like iconic to them you know what i mean and not like throwbacky to their dads like i don't know i really yes. love bridget bridget lundy Payne. i haven't seen her in anything Payne. else she was fucking she's, fantastic she is yeah, also promote dressed. her to uh star yeah you know <laughs> what is she love her promote her to star you know put her in the next marvel movie or something well that is what i'm hearing about because you know whenever they do these like we made a sequel for the first time in 20 years, so now let's start talking about the next one because, like, we don't want to go through development hell again. They're talking about what would a fourth <laughs> one be, and it would be like, they're like, kind of to their credit, we're, we have nothing left to say with the guys. It would have to be the daughters, which would be could be fine. Um, I just feel like you guys watched the post credit scene? No. No. They set up Thanos. No, um, <laughs> oh, but it is sick. It I'll is, do it myself. It is, uh, no, yeah, Thanos getting is, a phone um, booth saying, "I'll do it myself." <laughs> that would be amazing. Flipping through the phone book for like five minutes in silence. <laughs> no, uh, it's it's Bill and Ted at ninety five years old. Oh, I did watch like, that. Yeah, yeah. They're like, "There's one last thing we need to do before we pass away." And they're like, are you ready, Bill? And he's like, I'm ready, Ted. And they jam out one last time until they just die jamming out pretty much. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> like, well, I love that's how they end because it's also like the first scene of the first movie where they're just like sure. jamming together. You know what it's I mean? So like great sequel proofing. Of like, well, yeah, let's, yeah. It's they're, like they're, in a very Scorsese way, like, let's see how this person dies. They united the universe in all infinite timelines. What other story is there to tell in this right. world? Right, yeah, no, it's, it's no? totally. Um, but I would, I would love to watch those daughters go through more shit. If, no, yo, put, if put them on Samara a Weaving original... could dial in. Yeah, put them yes. on a Hulu original TV show and make it, uh, put yeah. them in high school, you know, like, I'll watch it. The choice of so so Thea is dressed in like overalls and like you would dress somebody in a '90s movie and it looks great. The choice to put Billy in a rash guard and shorts with tights under it is a fucking massive. Oh, you mean how she looks like movie. a like mon- she so looks like a Mondo Burger employee cool. at all times. That's the thing is that it's like in a very Bill and Ted way. It isn't even cool. It's just weird. It's yeah. well, it's and, it, and it's like it so perfectly crystallizes like who their kid would be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like who would and the and the way they call them dads. You know, like, it also though so... has a, a weird. There is a weird sort of undertone to it where it sort of removes any parental autonomy from the wives where it's like yeah, there is yeah. no hint of these women in these in these girls. It <laughs> yeah. seems like they might as well hate their moms. Like we well, never even hear their opinions on them. Yeah. And but you can see a Hulu show. Work. Yeah. I, I would you see, can I would totally see Yeah, where like the dads are off, you know, in the future, so it's them with the moms. Um, then with the moms and Kid Cudi, and the That's dad, and the the dad with the grimace face and the, the the bulletproof vest. Yeah, I love, I love. Also, I love the fact that like they kept the joke going with Missy marrying another person in their yes. family. Dude, so, did you two so rewatch the first two? 
No, I didn't I, watch the first I rewatched the first one and then I watched like a abridged version of the second one because I haven't mm. seen it in a very long time. I had to watch the third like I've been super busy this week so I I watched it th- like very late yesterday and had to just watch the trailers for the first two. I uh, as like a recap. I I know a lot of Bogus Journey pretty much by heart, so I was good on that, but I don't remember sure. a lot of the the first one, what really made me, what really caught me off guard was just how earnest and like comfortable with its campiness it was. Yeah. And I well, loved it. Like, and that's what it, it makes it seem like the kind of movie that is like, I would say the thing that kept me from rewatching it a lot, like throughout life, is that it, it does have that sense of being a, a school movie. It's a 2 a.m. movie. It's like a it's like yeah. a movie that you show like that could might may as well be a really cool made for school educational movie. Oh, totally. Because of I, the historical things which this movie gets away from by only showing you cool history. Well, and uh, the the new one does it too and like actually goes into like a deeper like no, actually these are the people of color at, that like actually totally. inspired that, like, really inspired like, tone for that thing. Yeah. It's like they honed it into like, no, if you like this person of color, it's because you like this person of color. You like that white guy? Even that's based off a Chinese woman. No, and (laughs) even that is based off some unnamed like black dude who's playing drums. Like it posits that no interesting music ever came out of like just straight up white dudes except maybe Mozart. And still is like that guy was an asshole. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> no i i uh i enjoyed all that i thought that the 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 quest like the b story for the daughters felt really really good yeah um, putting them in the driver's seat at the end where they got to like yeah i don't know where I, they produce really enjoyed... the world's perfect song while their dads perform it, it. and then yeah, I, it and then kept, i cried. It kept <laughs> it kept everything fresh for me Whenever we cut back to them, I was like, oh, yeah, I want to see what they're what they're no. doing. And then when you cut back to Bill and Ted, you were like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm stoked to see what they're up to. I again. thought like, that, too, nice. where I'm like, I've never seen a movie with equally interesting A and B plots. Despite no like being it being pretty obvious that the that both of them are kind of in. I feel like I arrived at where they needed to get pretty quick. Yeah. That like this is going to because you see this a lot with these sequels that get delayed and come out eventually, which is like the realization of a lot of these is that, Oh, we need to hand down the importance to the younger generation or our children. Yeah, you see that the, like, the torch or whatever. Like you'll see that in like Jay and silent Bob reboot where like the whole arc is about like, I have to like step aside and let my kids be the cool ones. And, right. uh, despite knowing where it was going, you were super psyched about both, journeys because also you get that fun bill and ted thing of not knowing where the next timeline they're gonna go to is of like each thing can be a little vignette every time when they put the buckets on their head to get away from themselves i was one of the best time travel jokes (laughs) fucking ever it was so good and it's so bill and ted because it's like they're genius but only by being stupid it's a very dumb great idea yeah, and it's and it, that's the kind of like massive breakthrough that Bill and Ted need to have, or just like there's so many great things of Bill and Ted making such stupid Bill and Ted decisions that are so good, where they're like, "Oh, we have the perfect song, so now he can't shoot us. Oh my so we God. have to break the song, so he shoots us." Dude, you know what the, I mean? Like, the, like, the the 
holding the gun. It's like, you don't have to hold a gun to us. Watch what happens if I don't. That is un- <laughs> that is like a fucking... They took the rest of the day off after writing that joke. What up? When, uh, when he's just like, kill me. And he does that like <laughs> thing with his chest. I'm like, what a movie would have something. Oh, yeah, kill me. <laughs> That's what I just, I love the dynamic between old, like, like washed up Bill and Ted and like current Bill and Ted. Where like, even, even when Alex Winter is like, yeah, I mean, I didn't particularly have a problem with other me, but other you was pretty rude. <laughs> it's the only time they don't like each other is if it's other versions of each other yeah it's so good like Um, i don't know like there's just so much well keanu it just shows you how those writers understand that dynamic of those characters so much more than like oh they're stoner buddies like no no no. like they are they're buddies so they're so they're they're actively pretty much the same character like (laughs) you know they're like so I love Keanu this... loves. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You. Okay. Keanu just loved actually like playing other people, uh, other versions of his character more than he liked playing. That's what it you know. It's like, like, yeah. yeah. Like he had way more fun being in buff makeup and had way more fun. Like, okay. We haven't talked about the buff scene. <laughs> I don't, I, I've, I like hundred percent forgot about that. I really do not care for that. Buff no, scene. they don't need it. It's, it's it made the trailer very funny, but like that's about I, it. I was hoping that was one of those scenes that was like in the trailer but not in the movie. And I would have been sure. fine, but like them just like cheering and being like, hey, you like our song and being on a blatant sound stage just feels like that thing was shot last minute too. Like someone was sure, like, Hey, it would be funny if we add that being in. like looking like the most expensive shots in the movie. Yeah, it, it was so weird. Um, yeah, it's super weird. It, it seems, I don't know what it's, it didn't, it didn't rub me. It didn't rub me for being on a soundstage only because every time they go into those vignettes, it's like one set. Right. Yeah. It's little sketches. They build like one set of 1920s New Orleans. It it felt like like, four tables and a fog machine and some lighting. (laughs) so we should let's run down the cast before we get to this oh, yeah. other thing because i'm going to try to instill some sort of stru- development hell type structure to this oh yeah um, there's seven layers of course but you have <laughs> you have um william sadler back his death doing great work uh, and like what could have stopped the movie cold had he not been great and again back in the pocket like right back in the fucking pocket and another okay. guy who's kind of been waiting for a non-cameo style role i loved him in the second one uh it's just the one line delivery he has that's stuck in my head since the beginning of time was when he's like you sank my battleship yes <laughs> which was in the trailer like... for the second one so i remember yeah, I love I love his his choice to like play death as like a, like a vampire <laughs> like like he's yeah, playing no like one Bella told you, you had to do that but I mean but he's doing this sort of seventh seal great. thing it's a great choice and again it feels like another one of those interesting campy eighties things you know what I mean that's just like another great remnant that's in this movie. Oh, and sure. he had that. He also had the house of like somebody who got rich who was uh, who grew up in the eighties. Yeah, no, he <laughs> like, has like a, a one-hit wonder house. 
yeah. and is seemingly just playing tetherball alone. Like he doesn't, he isn't doing <laughs> great. Well, he's practicing how to. But then he like games is what he's sure, doing. But, but then he gets visitors and he's like upset about it. <laughs> like, no, you are visibly waiting for any of this to happen to you. And then he said he got demoted, but I'm like, how do you demote death? Right, and then he starts just jamming on a five-string bass to drown out his sorrows. <laughs> what a perfect, well, I, perfect and then, role. And, and then I love that. Oh, that's he, great. You know, the daughters get to get to fix that whole situation with their encyclopedic knowledge of music. You know, right. like, that's what what saves that moment. That they yeah, love their dad so much that they know who the bassist of their band is enough to get him out of that funk too. Sure, where they like they show that they are not complete doofuses too, that they aren't because it's similar to the second one where they win with the board games in that like the victory can't just come from being silly and dumb. It has to be some weird little skill we have already established they have because we see them in the garage talking about, no, this is Monterey Pop 64 or whatever. I think the issue with Samara Weaving is she's sort of playing that character like a savant. And yeah, like, but I think that's that might and, just be a half like a side effect of her playing it of her not playing it. That's true. I just mean like she just sort of is playing like, oh, so she's got to be dumb like that when like Bridget's like, oh, no, she can just be smart at one thing. I think this is all this is a, the yeah. exact thing you could describe Keanu and Alex Winter with. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. one is playing yeah. it like Bill and another one is playing it empty. Yeah, Whereas, like, there is and a difference. What, it's interesting that it's flipped, but I just, I cannot I'm get sure. over that Bridget performance and how, I mean, I so just was watching in. the movie before this. Before she's this always movie. hopping around. Dude, she, that's, that is fucking it, dude. In the original movie, Keanu Reeves is always moving. His head, his yeah. neck, his shoulders. He's always, like, readjusting and, like, taking in new information, like, yeah. squinting. And, and like, she's not thinking. doing a surfer voice. She's doing. No, she's a dumb voice which like yeah. bill and ted created what we all do as dumb voices it's true sure. which i think is why keanu gets has been made fun of for 40 years 30 years which is like he sounds like a dumb guy well and yeah. it, i'm thinking i'm dumb <laughs> well yeah once they figured out that you have to base all of his movies out of california they realized spike <laughs> spike's taking a lap <laughs> <laughs> yeah people are asking me if i'm dumb yeah i'm thinking i'm dumb oh my god that's so funny <laughs> but no i'm just i'm just really excited to see what else that actress does going forward because she's sure. one of the most like i haven't had a movie stolen for me like that in so long with someone that i didn't even i didn't even watch the trailer for bill and ted face music really because i knew i was gonna see it she's in so, atypical she's a, she, i guess she's got a regular gig oh is that yeah, the, um, netflix that's is a, atypical that's the show about that the makes, kid with autism that makes me want to watch that now yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm going to check that out now, like, because she's very good. <laughs> sure. Um, she's awesome. No, I, I, I really she's got one of those Emma. creepy Wikipedia pages where it says born 1993 slash 1994. She was, uh, <laughs> oh, she was in that where movie. they're like, oh. she said she was 27, but we don't know which side she falls on. 
She was we know for sure she's twenty. She was twenty-seven in June. We just don't know what that means. She was in Downsizing. She was in. She was in that Johnny Knoxville movie, Action Point. Oh, was she? Yeah. No. Uh, Why well, do you love the Johnny Knoxville cinematic universe? The the internet says this is incorrect. I'm on. Her, I'm on her. I'm on her IMDb. Oh, that sounds like the internet to me. Um. All right. Again, action point. I think is melted onto man with man from Tai Chi. Like, yeah. well, yeah. she was somebody named nobody. Annie. I'm sure she edits her own Wikipedia yeah. and cuts action point out of it. I would too. Um, Anthony Kerrigan as Dennis Caleb McCoy, the robot. Oh, why is he, why is he billed over the, the princesses? The robot is fantastic in this movie. <laughs> he has so many more lines than them, and it's all "My name is Dennis McCoy." No, that's when it starts to be a bit much. If he had just been, I liked the character more when it was sort of the we see that kind of character in these movies all the time. Oh, the, the, and the I like that he kept so killing everybody but the person he was killing. He yeah, was every time he would, kill. he would shoot and go, oh, man, it was Loved good. Loved it. But once they like made it, gave him a name, it was like, now I can't return this job. I, I no, agree. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I kept being like, when they gave him a name, I was like, first I was like, is that a famous musician I'm supposed to recognize or something? Sure. Like, I, there was a moment where I'm like, why does that matter? It's similar to the, then, the Christian Shaw thing where it's like, no, I didn't need you to have more than one joke about you. Yeah. Also, is, do they set up in the second movie that he has a kid? I don't think so. I don't think so, right? No, or, so, or I mean, a girlfriend. Kind of, yeah, also, <laughs> didn't the future have like that cool black leader who was like silent? What happened to that person? No, 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 no. We gave you Jimmy. We got Jimi Hendrix. We're set. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I, uh, I, I did think that maybe there was like maybe talks of like you know, do you replace George Carlin with his son is another you know sure. famous comedian? You go John Mulaney, or you go you know like Mark, uh, like a Mark Maron would be a great Rufus yeah, in twenty twenty. Exactly. It would exactly. have been like a Kyle Kinane, you know. Well, right, but I it's, think but it's, it's like, like, are you willing to take the risk that that person's not going to get canceled before? That's the thing. Is it an alternate 2020 <laughs> has such a great, like an unbelievable Louis C.K. Rufus. Right, like, right. It couldn't could happen. Because he was like, sort of yeah. posed as like the heir apparent to that of like. Yeah, he was the Carlin the of that. Like, truth teller every year was insanely good, you know. So, so Dave, I get, I get so Dave Chappelle. You could do Bill Burr today, you know. Yeah, he's he's acting. He's being in Mandalorian. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, no, he uh, he was in our. I want. I want the King of Staten Island stepdad. Yeah, I want. I want the movie. The Star Wars movie I want is Bill Burr and Babu Frick just solving crimes out in the universe. You got a. You got a table. I. I'm gonna allow you to mention that name three times across this show. I already burned that once. <laughs> that was your that was your first, bro. Well, that 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 was his first what? <laughs> first mention of a certain repair <laughs> creature from Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. Would you would you, would you say this oh. character fix? Would you say he fix? 
Yikes. I, <laughs> would you say he fits? Would you I like? See. Would you like to say that? Babu, <laughs> baby. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, Star Wars's worst character. No. What? Probably even, not true not even, at all. Not even close. If we, I'm gonna. I mean, that's a, that's the craziest shit you've ever said. And you said oh, the man from Tai Chi is a game changer. <laughs> and proved it. All right, Babu Frick. I bet the three of us could all name three Star Wars characters way worse than Babu Frick. Jar Jar Binks. I mean, I know that's a hot take. <laughs> Whoa, man. Whoa. How would you feel if Jar Jar Binks was played by Michael Jackson, though? Because that's something was... you've been, it's just been in the pocket for a while that you've been waiting to throw at somebody? No, no. Do you not know about this? Yeah, do you no. not? Yeah, he was. Oh my god! <laughs> so Richard. I, I was listening to his podcast with Ahmad Best, and he was uh, the guy who played Jar Jar. And he was talking about that they went yeah. to a Michael Jackson concert because he's friends with George Lucas, and he's like a big Star Wars fan. And Michael Jackson like comes to the oh, room and he no says way. hi nicely to everyone except for Ahmad Best, and just turns away. And Ahmad's like, "What's going on?" And George goes, "Oh, he wanted to play Jar Jar really bad," and I said, "No." Whoa! Because he he told him that it was going to be full CGI, and Michael was like, "But I want to be on screen. I want to be in. I want to be in Star Wars." Yeah, of course. And, and which I had Michael Jackson talking to George Lucas has to be one of the most hushed conversations. Oh, sure. Just quiet. Yeah. All yeah. I'm saying is that the the Republic needs to be drained. And can you imagine like him just in that? It's like the third movies as still Jar Jar. But he, he was he was like he was trying to convince George Lucas like just let me wear the prosthetics and I'll be Jar Jar and we can do a musical number like I'll do a song for the movie. Yeah, remember Captain well. EO, George? Remember Captain EO? We can do this. And so there is an alternate timeline where Michael Jackson is is Jar Jar in live action with. And you know what? And maybe it saves episode one. You know, who knows? <laughs> well, I think that's sort of like, character. that would just be crazy to cast Michael Jackson and not, I mean, as, as visually it, like weird as he uh, turned out to be, it would be a bad choice to cast a movie star, like a, a mega star like Michael Jackson and not show him. I mean, but it worked so well with Michael Jackson on that episode of The Simpsons. It works so well. Yeah, like that. Everyone loves that episode, and it wasn't until like what, like well, like the Simpsons wasn't working. Like, like that bit didn't work. Where they like openly for years said it wasn't him. <laughs> what it did work. This episode worked so well. It worked so well. It did. It worked. <laughs> It was oh, on the Simpsons oh, that you would the, think he should play himself in Star Wars. No, that hiding him would work because they didn't expose that it was him, and they didn't. They used a fat guy on that episode, and it wasn't like it's that. He voiced a fat guy, and it worked yeah. really well. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes. I'm gonna search Michael Jackson Simpsons. The Lisa, it's your birthday, happy birthday, Lisa episode where it's about a crazy man who thinks he's Michael Jackson in the psych ward. Lisa, it's your birthday, All happy right. birthday, Lisa. I'll check this out. And he was next uncredited. episode. I will have a take 
on this episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> every did it work really well? Too did no, episode it works two. really well. It did. It's a fantastic episode of The Simpsons. Available on Disney Plus right now. That's my favorite kind of Simpsons. Which is where you can also watch Star Wars Episode One. <laughs> Phantom Menace, <laughs> not starring Michael Jackson. It's also where you can featuring... find Bill and Ted. Which the third one features Aaron Hayes. <laughs> and I just realized this is funny. Aaron Hayes and Jayma Mays. As, as, the... <laughs> as who? As the princesses, the princess wives. Oh, Yo, so is that I think so they had I have, names. So Aaron Hayes fine. gives me like uh, she gives me like white woman blindness because I don't know like the difference between her and Rose Byrne like at all. Yep, hundred percent. Is she is she the chick from Glee? Uh, no, the other one. That's Kevin McHale. Okay, but, okay yeah. gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> what, 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 then what was she in? Uh, Aaron Hayes. Hospital. Oh yeah, that's right. That earns a lot of, like, that show has earned a lot of otherwise sitcom actors a lot of comedy cred. Yeah. Yeah. Because she's also, I think, in... um, Medical Police, the sequel. Yep. And isn't she's in Kevin Can Wait. Yes. It's the show where Kevin waits. Yeah. Well, it's the show that explores the, the, the concept of can. And then they kill her off to put Leah But that's Remedy the thing the title kind of gives it away. <laughs> it does, but it is more exploring the topic of it. But yeah, She's... No, the title does kind of... Yeah, that, that's the show can. where they... Uh, yeah. They can't wait. Yeah, they, they kill her off. <laughs> because I think when you're trying to write an active protagonist, you need to make sure they can wait. <laughs> Kevin can wait because kevin james <laughs> looks like he can wait he looks like he can pop a squat you know if, any, if anyone's ever waiting. waited a day in their life it's that man <laughs> paul blart paul blart too didn't pay their pas <laughs> keep, keep the message alive all right <laughs> i was there they didn't pay us oh wow paul blart too oh yeah you pa'd on a lot of like vegas shoots yeah, I PA'd Paul Bart Ball Cop too, and they were like, "Oh, hey guys, we don't we don't have the payment for you today, so you could either stay and work five more hours, and we might have checks, or you can leave." And it was twelve hours in. Yeah, they uh, well, they did that, they did that to me on set as well in a party scene where I was like in the background, and I was like, "All right, bye." That thirty to forty million dollar budget had to go to a handful of segues, and well, they were like, they were, they really did ask us, "Can you wait?" And we were <laughs> Kevin like, can, so could we you? Like, Kevin can. I don't know about y'all. Oh my god! Um, so this is an interesting piece of casting. Beck Bennett, As in like, I think the role he's gonna play for the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The guy in like one scene who's just vaguely intimidating to oh, like um, your hero. Oh yeah, like uh, just uh, like not the uh, like antagonist in the movie, but like his brother. Uh, like in like yes, like, like his douchiness like is a problem because yeah. you can feel like he's he's attainable to be like he's handsome enough to steal the 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 like a girl in a movie, but he's not so handsome right. that like. Well, the hero ca- can't win her back. Uh-huh. It's because he, like, <laughs> like, he's like he's destined to be like a Baxter for 
20, yeah. 30 years. Yeah, he, he's yes, got a, a Baxter. Yeah, he's got a, oh my uh, god. He's got a yacht club face, you know? And like he's always going to be like the he's enemy at the club face. <laughs> yacht club. Yeah, he's hot for SNL. Yeah. And again, he's got the spokes because he was the AT&T talking to the kids guy. Like he's got such a natural spokesperson thing that he'll always come across like false. Mm-hmm. He'll always come across like this guy's got something against me. You know? Beck Bennett. Beck wow. Bennett. This yeah, is what happens when like SNL hires when SNL hires like two or three people at a time. And then after SNL, they have to figure out what they do on their own. Yeah. Where, like, does Kyle Mooney and Beck Bennett, do they work without each other? Or, like, the Lonely Island? Like, what (laughs) solo effort has ever worked for these people? Uh, Beck Bennett is Launchpad McQuack on the DuckTales show now. Okay, then he's fine. I should shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. He's also in Sing, which is not a movie I've seen. He was also in the Angry Birds movie too, a movie that oh, uh, is uh, that is in the garbage can of the Shadow Realm. Yes, <laughs> in the garbage can of the Shadow Realm. You can't keep banishing movies to the Shadow Realm. Eventually, we're gonna have to touch some of them. They're gonna we'll, be like Shadow Realm special gonna be episodes. A bonus up, yeah. Are we gonna talk um, about Hellboy ever? Hellboy, no. The Man, new Hellboy. The new Hellboy has a has like there's six minutes of the new Hellboy that is. 100% perfect and the rest is not great. Yo, there's this Baba Yaga scene where like he talks to a booger. So <laughs> are you going to are you going to shit on this cuz I think that's like the no. saving grace of that movie. But visually that's the best part of the movie but it's so fucking yes. nasty. <laughs> no, it's that's what like stands out is that it's suddenly a very good horror movie. And it felt like the it's where they blew their load, and then the rest of that movie is just stabbing. It, the, the whole movie is stabbing. Sure. And wrestling. Right. It doesn't sound bad. It's and bad. No, this is a Kyle Anderson movie. There's a lot of – there's a professional wrestling match in the beginning. Okay. Uh, there's, a, there's a troll in the middle, and then there's a lot of now, stabbing at the end. I will, I will say from the trailer, I remember – him like snapping off a piece of a monster and stabbing yes. that monster with the piece he snapped off. You know, and I feel like that's kind of what you guys are getting at. It's, it's the perfect of, crime. Yeah. It's kind of like, a, it's yeah. perfect cause the, his body melts inside of him. Yeah, Kyle, no, there's no, there's no, no weapon. It's just this guy <laughs> fell into himself or something. Yeah. It's sort of Kyle. Like if you were playing dungeons and dragons and got to just like still make up every rule <laughs> at the same mm-hmm. time. Cause be like, all right, cool. Now I get yeah. to jump on this troll and stab everything. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah. Get to do D20 all the time. It's a movie that only explains things to you after the fact. Yeah, because like, at one point he goes with a hunting party to find this troll, and then that hunting party just tries to murder him. <laughs> yes, because he's Hellboy. Yeah. He runs into a lot of, like, Hellboy discrimination. He's in That, that movie is mostly in Hell, right? Boy, no. you would be surprised it is not. No, it's so mostly fighting... in the woods and in offices. Mm-hmm. He's finally <laughs> nothing about the marketing for that movie led me to believe it would be so from from the this is the new Hellboy right yeah. yeah the with the Stranger Things boy yeah okay from the marketing from what I saw as a non Hellboy boy I'm not a Hellboy boy <laughs> you're not into even the first two I've just never really seen them I like I like the look okay. Hellboy looks cool 
Um, and I've been told uh, by some people that I would probably enjoy the comics because they were really good. But sure. um, they are. I've just never given it a chance. Uh, but from the new movie, I was like, oh, interesting, because the old movies, I've like seen them on TNT or whatever. Like, I, I know what they look like um, and they look cool, but they look very I mix them up with League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. They have Oof. that look to me. Well, the mistake uh, the mistake those movies make but, is not leaning into the fact that like Mike Mignola also made like uh what like the the, Atl- the Disney Atlantis movies and that aesthetic doesn't bleed through to this movie in a way that could work. <laughs> right. And I think yeah. the the new one is more Mignola than the first two cuz the first yeah. two are sort of like Del Toro is like I'm going to do the creepy creature parts. And well, what you end up with, like, on the third, the new one is, like, Mignola takes over, so what's horrific is really horrific. Well, Mignola and uh, Del Toro hate each other, though, so, and that was, like, the big issue and why the other one didn't get made. So maybe we do is have to talk about that because of sort of the, like, was there sort of just a fight for um, my, cre- my creepiness versus your creepiness? It actually was Mike Mignola's private about like all the work they do before announcing it. And Del Toro tweeted that they're working on the third one and everyone got excited. And he was like, dude, we haven't even signed papers yet. And was like, we're not doing this. Okay. You've signed your soul away for two movies already. Just make another one. And then he was like, no. And then they made the uh, David Harbour one that everyone forgot. Yeah. I think, again, I think there's some good stuff in that, but it's mostly a not fun movie to watch for me. No, it's terrible. All right, last grab bag of cast, which is the yeah. band that they create, which is Jimi Hendrix, Louis Armstrong, Mozart, Ling Lun, Ling Lun, who is like the first Chinese musician, and a fictional drummer called Grom. I think that this guy, Jeremiah Kraft, who is playing Louis Armstrong, is so fucking ready to make the Louis Armstrong movie. Like Dude, he's so yeah. there. he's so charming, and like you just can't he, not smile when he's talking. He is hamming it up to a point where, like you said earlier, like it's like he watched Bill and Ted one, yes. and was like, "Oh, here's how Ernest Napoleon was playing that Napoleon," no. and I'm gonna go that big. He played it you like know? a textbook like, drawing of Louis Armstrong, and it's fucking great. Yeah, like, no, it's totally like he just is so infectiously like happy. A Bill and Ted movie is like like the 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 people that they assimilate into their like band of misfits is like a weird mural at a school, yeah, sure, like at a high school, you know, and it's like <laughs> like Socrates and Billy the Kid. You're like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's kind of like how they're. I, I don't know. I really liked how they the more like, cohesive. Took, this time it was really cohesive in like, oh, here's musicians that all inspired each other. We're just going back through these teenage girls are inspired by Jimi Hendrix and he's inspired. You know what I mean? I like that. I felt like that was really. Well, it was also just showed that they have like more musical intelligence and spoke to the fact that they were the producers sure. of the song as opposed to like just the performers like Keanu and uh, yeah. and Alex Winter are, you know, it's just like, yeah, they know how to musically put it all together. When they've been uh, when uh, Bill and Ted have proven for so long that they don't know how to put a song together, but they can perform one. No, yeah, which is like that actually is the great secret setup of the ending, which is like once the the dads tell them you're the ones who make the song, we as the audience are like, 
yeah, these guys are clearly huge music nerds and know that these guys could work well together. Yeah, you're like you're like they could do this. Yeah, because that's kind of the secret of all these performances is like you have to do a lot with a little and be super memorable in like three lines. You know what I mean? Like Socrates is super memorable in like two or three little vignettes. Like you have you have like Abraham Lincoln with that close up in the first one where he's like, party on, dude. (laughs) And it's like so fucking iconic. And I feel like he does a similar thing when like louis armstrong hits that like uh that that horn riff to like bring jimmy mm-hmm. back and he's like oh it's great yeah, no he liked he liked that jive didn't he oh, like man. the way he like eats that line up i'm fucking and then it. when like mozart is like trading fours with jimmy hendrix like oh, bro bro oh. bro when when louis armstrong's having fun i'm having fun that's what i, <laughs> then, I was watching honestly the- though like in this louis armstrong or babu frick one's gotta go all right. No, they don't. They they both get saved at the end of, at the end of that Babu, movie. Babu they're both, out, they're both in the jet. Babu they're is both out. In the jet. He, 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 he peeks up, and then Louis like comes from the back. With He's him. like, "Yeah, hey, I like this little cat man." I'm, <laughs> I'm counting. I'm counting that as the second time. I did say the name. <laughs> I specifically did not say the name. All right, fine, 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 fine. <laughs> I learned my lesson. Understood. <laughs> The rule has been carved into stone. I'm what they call um, an enabler. Mixed into all of this group is also Kid Cudi, who's been yeah. tasked with being the, like, isn't it funny that he's a smart person joke? Yeah. <laughs> the uh, joke is, like, what if Kid Cudi was smart? Which is seems rough. Which isn't even smart, but it's, like, was an expert on quantum physics. Sure. Because we need something explained here. I do feel like it should be Eddie Van Halen, but I respect that it's not. <laughs> but it is random. Like, they don't set up Kid Cudi in any well, way. Well, and Kid like, Cudi doesn't totally... really do anything for the song that saves the universe, either. No, sure. He's not really performing in it. I mean, he no. hypes them up. I think but I think he serves them. more as, like, a tech. Because he, like, I, tells yeah. Bill and Ted how to go back into the and figure everything out. I think they used him uh, instead of doing the scene that like they would do in like Endgame or something where they bring out a whiteboard and explain time travel. And they're like, hey, it's just cute sure. if we just have him spit it out real quick. Yeah. Which is like they ride the line like if he had done – I think they do that just enough. Yeah. Well, I think this would it movie have hit is harder if it was if it was somebody who was even more ingrained as like – like if it was Snoop Dogg. You know what I mean? Like, sure, I think like that would have been. More... I, I think that would have been too much and ruined the movie a little Cause, bit. Because I don't know anything yeah. about Kid Cudi really. Which like, I think I've heard his music. But I don't know about anything about him as a person. That might be what gets totally them away with it. Well, like, yeah, maybe that's what yeah. works. Well, Kid Cudi is like in the bigger circles, just one of the more galaxy brain guys. You know, like yeah, uh, yeah. It is more of like he's sort of like split a eighth of shrooms. I of think, thing. and it's sort the of like only sense to make him explain it versus like. I mean, J. Cole couldn't do it. No, but I will say the only upgrade to this could be if it was uh, B.O.B. Yes. <laughs> who, like, snuck in flat earth theories into every piece of advice. No. Wouldn't it be great if you pointed at airplanes, they just turned to fireworks? <laughs> Dude, exactly. Well, and that sets up Weezer showing up later. Yeah, exactly. But they're um, in Africa with the drummer. <laughs> oh, God. we need to so this movie 
is made. There was no issues with the production of the movie itself. Um, it, it was just getting but, to the starting line that was the hard part. Yes. Uh, the and I try and I tried to look up the guys who were the eventual financers. I think the guys who they met to finance it is because Alex Winter is made. He's directed a bunch of documentaries. Yeah, I have the list here, and they're weird. That, that guy. No, it's all companies has, I've never heard of. All right, it's Orion, and, Endeavor, and Hammerstone Studios. Well, Orion is the original. Original. Company, yeah, they just kind of uh, have dibs. Yeah. Well, they got brought back with um, what, what James Gunn movie brought them back? Like a, the, that logo was in front of like a recent movie, and it was like was it oh, the that's... Belco experiment? No, it was because um, that's a recent I, James Gunn. That is, um, but they did something recently. This is important. Orion did. Yeah, that was like sorry if you can hear my clear. clicking. Yeah, I'm clicking uh, Gretel too. and Hansel, Child's Play. I mean, they've they've been making yeah. things at a steady clip. This oh wait they, no, there's a huge jump. Yeah, there's, Grace yeah, there's, Unplugged was their first movie in like fifteen years in 2013. Oh, that's because they went bankrupt and yeah, and then became an MGM subsidiary. Then I think they got bought out by like Disney at some point. But then it's oh. these two other companies: Endeavor Media, Endeavor Content. Oh. It actually, um, in yeah, here it is. In February fifth, twenty nineteen, uh, MGM and Annapurna expanded their uh, distribution and rebranded United Artists Releasing as Orion. And so the first uh, production to come out of the new Orion, which uses the classic logo, was Child's Play. Interesting. I didn't so see Child's kind of, Play. It's not good. Um, all right. <laughs> well, it's it's uh, I mean, like that's all I need. It could have been better, but it's like, what if Chucky had the internet? But then it like that ruins the fact that Chucky's a supernatural doll. But that's I don't need a movie where the pitch is, what if Chucky dot dot dot. Yeah. What if Chucky? No, Yo, I'm not into it. Router. I don't. <laughs> what if he had a router? Yo, but he zip tied steak knives to a drone and then flew it at them. <laughs> yes. Oh, I kind of like that. Cracked by DGI. <laughs> I'm into that. Uh, you've turned. You know what? You've done it. You've convinced me to watch Child's you, Play. You know what I think ruined Orion Pictures is that they were the backer of a lot of Woody Allen movies in like the mid '80s when the the big scandal happened. Sure, and he could also not really figure out how to write a movie. Yeah. Well, where like it took like- him twenty years to remember, and then by that point we had all so- sort of sold our stock. Well, they, yeah, well, they were producing well into his movies well into the 90s, and they went bankrupt in 91. But actually, they did Silence of the Lambs, so I don't know what fucked them up. But again, it's not like Woody Allen was, like, a cash cow ever. Yeah, it's true. And I mean, like, I, I'm a hot take. I don't like Woody Allen movies, but... Um, yeah, I, I, like, am embarrassed by how long I stood by. Like, this, you know, I eventually was, like, the guy of oh, you know, the guy is different from the art, and now it's like, this is just too gross to... This isn't good enough to stick around for. It's. I thought, like, uh, in the long run, I was like, I could separate that if I liked the movie. Then I watched Annie Hall because I hadn't seen it, and then I was 25 and watched it, and I was like, oh, this is just a guy that's young complaining about his dick a lot. No, I know. It, it's like, he, he it's his, his 70s and 80s are, like, just Twitter. Yeah, and, uh, or just, like, it's, <laughs> it's like just an open mic. Dude on Twitter. 
Yeah, it's like if an open micer was given like a special. <laughs> yeah, once a year forever. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> it's like if like they were like, no, I, I don't want to. I mean, that does that does explain him dating, you know. But Alex Winter did. Um, Alex, sure. Alex Winter uh, started working on a documentary about Frank Zappa called Zappa, which like the that Frank Zappa's family is like fully behind, which was fully highest funded documentary on Kickstarter. Wow. But yeah, he's been steadily making documentaries. Made Dark Web. Those other, those other Dark guys. Web yeah, good. he's in. Now he had a quote on his Wikipedia page that I was reading, um, where he said that. Uh, the anonymity online he's found a real community of lifelong friends so i just love the idea that hanging out on the deep web is just fucking bill just did it for him (laughs) well yeah he was hanging out before he made the documentary and then was like you know what i like these people (laughs) and then like basically exposed what's bumming me out is all this fucking trafficking going on around us Yeah, no, I don't know. So I, I, I think that he kind of like found these money guys through like people who made like insanely profitable uh, documentaries because documentaries have actually become profitable since like Netflix and digital yeah. distribution and stuff. You know, what Vimeo, I, mean? like, I think a lot more. Yeah, they're a lot more profitable than they used to be. You know what I mean? Like they used to be a, a very much like a passion project, like losing money endeavor. But now like you can highly produce one and get it to somebody like Netflix and, and well, and so that brings me to the last like thing I wanted to touch up on, on on every episode of this is that so this movie finally came out in 2020. And by virtue of that, it came out barely in theaters. Like I have you guys been to a theater? No, like since theaters to, reopened. I was supposed to go on Monday, but there was a scheduling conflict. But uh, it's, yeah, so it's just like a nightmare now. And, and these movies are coming out on vod this is the first time i ever bought i ever got one of these like we're skipping the theaters and going out on i didn't you know like there have been a lot of them lately I, um, and there I, probably this, will be and this was the first time i did it and i don't know if that's hurting or helping the public perception of this movie because i don't know if this movie would have really crushed in theaters i think that vod was the only way this movie would have made money because it right. already had a built-in fan base of like if you're gonna buy a bill and ted movie it's because you already like this uh, bill and ted so you're yes, already on it's... board they had their fan base they don't need any new friends and they know i know that, it's you know? it's the kind of movie that like two and a half years ago they probably had a meeting like all right, we'll make the movie. And then, best case scenario, there's a worldwide pandemic, and we don't have to put it out in theaters. <laughs> like, like, like Keanu we'll, was we'll like, do 25 I'm on. million. I'm on. <laughs> because at, at a, it's like we'll we'll pay we'll get we'll we'll make it for 25 million. It'll probably make 25 million. We will lose a ton of money, but we can. But the perception can change, and we can keep the thing moving. You know what I mean? But like, this was never going to be a theatrical. Thing, but well, I don't suppose it's like number know. one on streaming right now. Like it's the it number is. one streaming movie right now. But so. most streaming services are so quiet about what that number actually means. Yeah, uh, that, sure, it's always sure. bullshit like that because Netflix was saying that if you watch something for two seconds, it counted as a view. Like if you were scrolling through. Sure. Which I, if I like, don't hit left or right, it starts the movie on Netflix. 
Yeah. So like yeah. I've technically watched a lot of movies on Netflix. Well, and, like... and that's the thing Facebook video <laughs> got in trouble for is that if you had your Facebook app on autoplay for the videos, those views would count. Sure. Yeah, and, and I I um I think this movie sort of benefited from being able to be a, a less I think maybe the reputation of this movie down the road will have benefited from a less loud release. Like, uh, they don't really, but who knows? I mean, this movie could have crushed, you you don't, I don't, I feel like movies coming out in theaters is, is so in the past in my head that I don't remember what kinds, what that was like. Well, they really thought Tenet would be the thing that saves like movies and like people going back and like, I don't, it kind of has to kind of be right. Well, because um, uh, I was actually looking up the theater regulations and like uh, I was kind of comfortable going after realizing, you know, it, it's 40 percent capacity for all theaters. Like yep. the, the popcorn is now like packaged and taped up and shit. And like so you don't have to touch anything. And at that point, they're not going to care if I bring my own food in. But it's weird that like, you know, we would have brought such blind momentum into seeing Tenet in a regular climate. But here yeah. it's like vaguely bad reviews can are kind of keeping me from Tenet. The, the thing keeping yeah. me from Tenet is actually going to the movie theater. <laughs> like, oh, I really like, see I, in my, well, in my head, it's like, of course that is what it really is. But I would brave that if I knew it was this incredible Christopher well, Nolan movie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, here, and that's like, hard like for the me thing with, don't the like thing with Nolan, the thing with Nolan is he's never, he's always been able to, He's such an undeniable filmmaker who makes such undeniable films that he can bully like theaters into like, right. oh, you project this at this quality. Make sure these standards are hit for sound. Make sure, right. you know what I mean? He can kind of like push that. It's interesting to see like, can he bully the audience into like, get back here? You know what I mean? Like His worst reviewed movie ever. And it's not like the movie is getting terrible yeah. reviews, but it's the first time where like critics are way not on board with it. I feel like Dunkirk was getting better reviews than this no, movie. But Dunkirk, Dunkirk is, is a masterpiece. Is, <laughs> Dunkirk is like so probably his best movie, but it's probably on Weird. nobody's top three of his movies. Does that make sense? Yeah, like we, it's we his were, best we made saying, movie, but we're all just going to pick what made us feel the best. And there's no way that's going to be Dunkirk. We were saying Dunkirk is like his idea of a chill flick. Like that's him no, kicking that's, his feet I, up. So we were talking about like, that. I made a chill flick. Where, like, he feels like he took that year off. <laughs> he feels like, yeah, do you know that he he meant originally to shoot Dunkirk without a script? Like, that was going to be his mumblecore movie, where they're like, let's just go to a beach with 100,000 extras and just figure out a movie. Well, like, the whole plotting of that thing is just how war and like war sucks for everybody and time is so different and the way we perceive it while this is happening is so different sure but I don't know oh my god do that please stop writing. talking about time <laughs> oh he loves time it's and, like and please just time? make a boxing movie like just yes. fucking sit down and chill yeah, it, I would watch like Christopher Nolan's like non like weird like oh this is actually how time works movie. This sure, is but Tenet is like Tenet is sort of the could be this like interesting breaking point where we get to see what would have happened to James Cameron had he never had he had one failure. Where like because James Cameron 
had such a streak of these incredible successes, we never got to see him have to figure out plan plan B for his career. Whereas like if Tenet doesn't really work financially, critically, commercially with audiences, we're going to get to see like, there's no way he's going to get to make an equally ambitious movie after this. Well, uh, that was, um, he's going to have to make another dark Knight. Well, yeah. Well, which there's, no, you know, there's no fucking way he would do well, that. He would maybe take bond. I think bond is the next logical step for him. That would be exciting. I would be excited to it see. It makes sense bond. that the only well, version of bond he would ever do is that he gets to cast it. He gets to recreate it. And like, that's those stars are lining up right now for him. Well, he said so as much in an interview and he said Tom Hardy would be his bond, which is terrible casting. It will he just like needs that. to stop casting Tom Hardy and things. Like I get it. I, why does he like Tom movie? Hardy so much? I like Tom Hardy. I just think that like Tom yeah, Hardy is not the- Tom Hardy is a great version of the Daniel Craig Bond, but Daniel Craig's Bond is a weird bond. He's not typically that physically brooding and intense. I'll tell you, my grandpa loves Daniel Craig's Bond because he was different than the other Bonds. He was like, that's the guy. That's the guy I want to see. I want the American version of James Bond. And that's what you have to be different again. Yeah. And that's why it's going to be that black woman who is the new 007. But that movie just never came out. See, I think that's a weird little bait and switch. I have to imagine she is she is dead within 20 minutes. I think she's just going to turn at the end and be like, and killed at the last minute. And he's going to be like, I'm always 007. I think that we should close our Bill and Ted face the music episode with our ideal bonds. Yes. Yes. A hundred percent. Richard, go ahead. I feel like you've got one locked and loaded. I really don't though. Um, I mean, Idris Elba is like the blatantly obvious choice that would just fucking work. Sure. Uh, so we have a mutual friend who I won't name who has a lot of hot takes on race. And oh. <laughs> yeah, he's fought he me in a bar it, about this take. He made it very clear that, and it was an interesting point, but I don't think it holds up that like Idris Elba is too strikingly huge and buff and like, and like arguably like hot to be a spy. But that's different which again. I've heard as other people on the internet's <laughs> like I'm not racist, but this is my thought thought, which is like crazy. But my thing is like so what? Oh, I'm not, and I'm not standing by that opinion. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh no, like, I get that. <clears throat> that's the most convincing argument against Idris Elba. Yeah, but it goes back to the point of like if you need to change it up and it needs to be different from like spies are sophisticated and they want to talk about like if he's too obvious being buff of a spy he goes to hotels as uh, undercover and says my name is james bond sure he sort of is his at his coolest when he's overt about it exactly like he doesn't That's give true. a shit you know it's like isn't that the he- coolest in casino royale where he's like i'm just gonna use my name yeah like like, i'm gonna tell you i'm a spy and i'm still gonna get you (laughs) you like and like they're sitting down at the table and he's like you're bond right And he's like yeah i'm you're fucked later you're the dude uh, dude (laughs) working for bro and it's just so good okay yeah no totally i i love idris elba for that i just worry that he's too old at this point yeah i get that but i mean like that's what we were saying when uh, uh what robert downey jr first played iron man Sure, okay, but, which but this 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 leads into my point, uh, uh, into my choice. Yes, uh, Mahershala Ali. Damn. Oh, you mean Blade? 
You mean the guy from Blade? Yeah, the guy from Blade. Yeah, the guy from Blade. Uh, no, I just feel like he could be a really fun because I feel like he does have that level. Now he's very tall. Is he British? But tall? other than that, he. I like that. Uh, I don't know. He was born in California. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, there's like a fundamental thing about James Bond where like he should at least be British. Yeah, that is sure, like an unfortunate. Sure. Like that's we got to give him that. We got to give him one. Well, then you. I mean, then you gotta go, Hugh Laurie. (laughs) 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 There's no other choice. That's yeah, but so Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie, talk about a guy that like might be dead. Honestly, like no. I mean, you go, you go, John Boyega, right? You go, John John Boyega, John Boyega, or you mean um, the new Black Panther? Yeah, the new Black Panther. Uh, or uh, Richard Madden might work, too. Is that the dude from The Rocket Man? Yeah, the one who was, like, getting that blowy on the patio while talking yeah, to Yeah, the dude is like... Oh, I love the blowy. That's a good That's my favorite blowjob scene. That's my favorite blowjob scene in a movie. Cause I thought that was your second. I thought What's you liked in Hol- from Hollywood. That's true. <laughs> so I like the one in Swordfish. I'm a big fan of the ghost blowjob from Ghostbusters. Sure. Can we just isolate that sentence and that can be the whole show? Yeah, that, that's a that's my cut in every time it's my intro. Man, that's great. I think, um, uh, and I feel so bad. I'm the, I'm picking a token white guy as Bond. As uh, I've always thought, Tom Hiddleston would be like a great return to like slick yeah, and sly and a guy who's you don't expect to get out of problems with fighting with punching right because again that was sort of <laughs> the idea of all the other bonds was like he needed gadgets he didn't really know how to fight here's my pitch for james <laughs> bond put it back in the 50s oh sure like completely and that again could be where nolan can come in and go i want to do something where i don't have to worry about what you guys are left with when i'm done with the, the one i make because I think the future hurts James Bond, but helps Mission Impossible. And so, like, I think... 100%. Where, yeah, like, I, Mission Impossible is cool because they have apps. They have spy apps and spy and do, yeah. touch screens. <laughs> and they do clever shit with it, you know? No, they have things yeah. they can now plug did, into their did, iPhones. What is, did, did Sodenberg have anything to do with these apps? Um, Let me look into that. Has that Soderberg app is on every single phones? one of their phones? Probably not. <laughs> They only just gave the, they gave their first American Bond, and it was like the weirdest American to give. Oh, it was They're Dick like, Van oh, Dyke. Made... Dick Van Dyke was the first dude they pitched to be James Bond, like an American James Bond, and he turned it down, saying James Bond should be British. Well, good for him, you know, turning down work. Re- representation matters. A well, guy actually, with his own TV show turns down yeah, other jobs. But, yeah, I uh, I read that it was actually because he was embarrassed of his British accent in Mary Poppins that he didn't want to do anything British again. <laughs> he would have done the same Cockney. Oh, I'm James. Yeah. I'm James Bond, ain't I, Governor? <laughs> James B- Bond. James Bond. James Bond, eh, Governor? <laughs> and he is covered uh. in soot. And they're like, "Why are you? Ash? Are you covered in ash?" <laughs> Well, I'm just happy that he didn't that he turned it down. That we got good old Sean Connery, who turned out to be a wonderful human being. Great person. 
all right, guys, let's cast Christopher Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, here's my pitch. Here's my pitch. Do it. Louis C.K. Yes. <laughs> Hologram George Carlin. Um. So yeah, I think that's it. I boys. really loved this movie, and I think it. Yeah, that's. We're I starting think. this show on a weird note of like it working. Yeah, of because like, you see a lot of these movies go through development hell, and it's <laughs> and that process either kills it or like it lets the audience get away from ever caring about it. And I think that like this movie coming out the way it did, it's fine if you don't care. You have to click a lot of buttons to watch it. You have to pay more money than you're used to streaming to watch it. So like the only people who are watching it are probably going to love it. And I thought it was awesome. It's the I first it movie. Awesome. Yeah. It's the first movie where I've gone to the comment section of the ad and seen only good things. Sure. It's one of those yeah, where I went to the, I went to look at that to make sure to it, like in a protective way to like make sure well, no one was being mean also, about it. Yeah, exactly. These movies are badass movies. Again. Totally. They're not, they're not, they're not action packed movies. They're not fucking, you know, they're not like, you know, they're, they're good vibe movies. You can and put I it on after they, Thanksgiving and everyone can watch yeah, it. Grandma to I think they, watch. I think they attract a good vibe person who wants to watch a Bill and Ted movie and especially wants to watch a new one in 2020. Right. It's just like exciting that like they've done enough Bill and Ted's that there's now three different generations of like people that can enjoy a different type of movie, you know? Totally. Sweet. Yeah. It's and it and that is rare because that's what a lot of these movies are. Well, a lot of yeah, these movies. Go ahead. I'm gonna say this movie is probably the best example, uh, like you said earlier, of like a movie like making it out of development hell and like being salvageable. Because there's so many that we all will watch that didn't work, but it was like, again, I think it worked because it was 90 minutes long. Well, it's 90 minutes long. It's the original team. It's them understanding what made the characters yeah. good in the first place and beating that game into the ground and getting out, like you said before, it's annoying. Yeah. You know, like it's a good improv scene almost. You know what I mean? Like it's hitting these jokes right as you forgot you liked that joke. You get that joke again. I mean, it, you know what I mean? Like, of catharsis, I didn't think I'd get or like I didn't expect to like that I needed to see them unite the world through song like and that I've been waiting for right. for 25 years. But then they did it and I was like, oh, my God, I'm complete. <laughs> and it sure. like and it worked for me when he's like i guess i'm a uh a interdimensional being now <laughs> and then like hands someone yeah <laughs> yeah when he's like oh by the way i am uh the infinite version of myself and they're like cool <laughs> <laughs> and he just hands everyone instruments and everyone plays a song that like arguably if the song was like a banger like that movie this movie right. would be like a hit but that song is not good the well, what i the love song- is yeah, the song. Te- technically, yeah. that moment where they hand everybody instruments, does that is that infinite Bill and Ted's doing that, or is that Bill I and Ted doing that for all of time? I and think then it's like back Santa Claus rule, where like time has paused for them to do this. Oh, okay. Yeah, I you think know? fun. Yeah, I think they went through every timeline and gave instruments, came back to that moment. If you asked them, Bill and Ted, they've been gone for a few hours. 
Well, I think at the <laughs> was that like what they did is they just folded the like ring of time in on itself and created. A, Look, like, Kid Cudi could explain that. Tweet at Kid Cudi to figure out what happened. Um, the, the, the creator was called the Cuddy and Vortex, and in the Cuddy and Vortex, what happens is you infiltrate. You know, you know, he ends up being the Rufus on the Hulu show. Oh god! Dude. They come back to like Kid right. Cuddy, and it's like really. Yeah, Christian I figured out the yeah. Quantum oh. entanglement, man, and then they're like, "What?" So next episode, I think we should pump the brakes on twenty dollars rentals if we are going to get people to listen to this show. No, a hundred percent. It was just like and... the only kind of thing to do, and uh, someone had pitched New Mutants, but I also didn't want to go to the theaters to see a movie that was called bad. Yeah, I need we gotta I think New Mutants needs to be a big like we need to wait on that's a holy grail right there. We're building up to New Mutants. I think New um, Mutants New Mutants will be a live watch we could do. You know? I'm gonna throw out a movie that I think could lead to some totally different conversations than this one. And I'm gonna hit you with it right now on the podcast, which is Alien versus Predator. Requiem or the first one? First one, but we got to talk Requiem, right? Oh yeah, we do. Uh, I'm I'm in because I've never I've seen I've seen Alien movies, but I've never seen Predator movies. Oh oh, oh wow, Kyle, you have I've never you seen have Alien Predator. Kyle, if you have my login for like all of my digital movies, I have all the Predators on there. So you <laughs> got to go to the Predator school because there's some good shit in there. Dude, honestly, like the Shane Black. Predator. I know Jesse the Body Ventura is in there, and I I know he's my boy. The numbered Predator movies are fantastic. It's it's kind of like it's the same thing with the Saw franchise. Every other movie is good. Yes, Predator and Predators, fantastic. Predator Two and the Predator, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the Shane Black Predator movie has one cool thing about it, and it's Predator dogs, and it's the only good thing about the whole movie. And that's the thing I will fight with Richard about next week. That's a, <laughs> All right, that's well, guys, a movie. We're gonna next let's week. do let's do Alien versus Predator next week. That sounds fun. I love that. All right, oh, guys. Yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week. Demons.